you're listening to the Female Social Podcast, a real and raw conversation about life, business, and everything in between. Join your hosts, Jen, 40-something multipreneur juggling motherhood and marriage, and Emily, 20-something brand and web designer, wine enthusiast, and passionate goal chaser as they navigate authentically through their different lenses of life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Female Social Podcast. I am your host, Jen Holgerson, and I am super excited to sit down and chat today with a very special person, not only because she is a successful mompreneur in the real estate field, but because she is a literal lifelong friend of mine and someone that I love and adore And she's that type of friend where if you don't talk for a year, you give each other a call, you literally pick up where you left off as if no time has passed. So to be able to sit and chat with her today about her success in the real estate world and how she has been able to truly create a a life that um, most dream of is really exciting for me. But I also am excited because I think right now, especially in the climate that we're in, after having everything that has happened to us over the course of the last year, uh, a lot of a lot of conversations have been around the real estate world and about uh, interest rates and mortgages and refinancing and buying a home and selling your home, moving. Uh, I, I know that in my life it comes up almost daily. So I was really excited when her and I agreed we were going to do a podcast episode together because I feel like she's going to provide so much insight to so many people about the reality of what it really looks like, uh, rather than us, like, you know, sitting around, you know, at like the bus stop chatting about what we think is really happening. So let me introduce you to my friend, Michelle Tien. Michelle. And now, mind you, we're sitting together today. Uh, we're not doing this via Zoom. We're actually came to my house because I needed to see her face today. So Michelle, I'm so excited that you're here and I'm so grateful to have this conversation with you. So tell the people that are listening a little bit about um, how you got started in real estate and, um, you know, a little bit about your backstory. So I was a stay-at-home mom for 13 years. Everybody who knows me knows that I'm a mother of four. Um, so when my youngest was going to kindergarten, I was like, oh, who am I? Like, you kind of lose your identity a little bit when you are a stay-at-home mom. And I was okay with that. I liked that identity. But when your kid goes home to kindergarten and there's only so much cleaning and cooking, whatever, talking that somebody could do, I said, oh, who am I? What am I going to do? And my cousin said to me, she's like, Michelle, you know, you've always been interested in real estate. I'm like, I'm going to do that. I have to go to school. These kids, they're dumb. How does it work? How do you So I said, you know what? I'm just going to try it. And I went to school. I got my license. And honestly, it's been the greatest um, career choice that I could have made. Um, I love people. I love socializing with people. There's a lot of socialization that goes on. You know, when, when you're in a real estate transaction with somebody, I, especially in this environment, which we'll get into a little bit more, when I sit with somebody, especially somebody who's going to sell their home, you know, we can all talk about these bells and whistles and what are we going to do? And I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, 
make videos and I'm going to put drone and, and I'm going to ride a horse and I'm going to do all these things. But the reality is, I put a sale sign on my doghouse in front of my car and I'll get $100,000 on the campaign for it. So, what I always tell people is find somebody that we're compatible with. If you don't like our first conversation, you're not going to like being in touch with me. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, until you're So I ended up, you know, getting into this business, hit the ground running from the second I got my license. I have a very wonderful world and I'm surrounded by great people who are always supportive of me. So within a couple of months of being a real estate agent, I had six deals in contract. Six deals in contract. I, I honestly didn't even know what I was doing. That's pretty impressive. It is. And so my first year, you know, let's say I had six transactions and last year I had 63 transactions. So in the eight years that I've been in the business, um, I've grown as a person, personally, professionally. And, um, you know, this past year was, you know, it was emotional for all of us. Sure. And for people in the real estate world, people like me who this COVID situation has given us a business that we never imagined, it's almost like you feel a little bit guilty right. that there are so many people suffering, losing businesses having a hard time paying bills. And while some of us, it was a year that never in my life, you told me I would be the number two agent, for the number one company on Long Island. I would have told you you're out of your mind. So what do you think? I mean, obviously there was a lot of buying and selling because people were making choices to leave and, and go to different places. But do you think that's the, um, um, the main contributor? What do you think of some of the contributors to that? So it's really hard because I, I just in the last few months, you know, it's, it's frustrating because especially as the time has gone on real estate agents, we were shut down for three months. Right. I literally sat at the Island in my kitchen and stared at a screen. There was nothing I could do. My kids are older. They didn't need me. You know, I, nobody was asking for a snack. Nobody needed their butt wipes. You know, it was so I, I was like, Oh my God. So when they opened us up in, let's say, June, it was a little bit chaotic. And we started to see like these crazy prices. You price a house at 450 and these offers are 425, 450. And we're like, what's going on? And we started to blame the sellers. The sellers are greedy. The sellers are greedy. But in reality, it was the buyers and the agents who created this environment. If we didn't put forth these offers, the seller would have no choice but to accept a reasonable offer. Right. As the time has gone on now, the inventory is so, so small that you put an offer in on a house, there is no negotiating down. Right. It's not looking at a house that's 500 and getting it for 485. No. It's looking at a house that's 500 and paying 550. Right. Why don't people care? Because if you actually do the numbers, if you put the numbers to paper, and you see with the interest rates right. being where they are, if you buy a house at a higher price with a lower interest rate, your monthly payment is less than if you wait for that 
550 to drop to 500 and now the interest rates are at four. Right. So that's where, you know, this, this frenzy has happened. So what, what really, if you, if you look at the whole picture, you have somebody that let's say bought a house four years ago, five years ago, they had a certain amount of money. They couldn't afford their dream home. So they bought a modest three bedroom, two bath ranch. Okay. $400,000. Perfect. Now you fast forward to 2020, 2021, and the price is that $400,000 ranch is now worth five fifty. So you have $100,000 in equity. Now those people can go to their dream colonial right. and they can buy a $600,000 house, put 20% down with the interest rates being lower, their monthly payment is the same or less right. than it was in their non-dream home. And because of what happened with COVID, the price of material is has skyrocketed. You know, I have a lot of people who are in construction and, you know, and they'll say it, it's, you know, a two by four was $2. Now it's seven. Right. So people who were thinking of, I'm going to buy this ranch. And as you know, we succeed in our business or whatever, we're going to blow up. Didn't make sense. What made sense was to sell, get the equity out and buy that dream home. Right. But you know, the, the fear is for a lot of people is being homeless, right? We're going to put your house on the market. We're going to sell it in five days. Where am I going? Right. So that's also holding people back from listing because many people don't have the luxury of saying, you know what? I've got money in the bank. I'm going to go buy that house and then I'm going to sell mine. Right. So it's almost like, and they, you, you get on this like crazy merry-go-round because I want to sell, but I have to sell in order to buy, but I can't buy because I, I to have sell. to sell. Yeah. And in an environment like this, if you took me back three years, I can get you an accepted offer on the fact that we're going to sell, you know, on a contingency. But now nobody's waiting for those. Nobody's waiting. Right. Why would they? Because when they, they have 40 the offers. Right. Right. So, you know, it's, it's very frustrating for buyers, for sellers. It's scary unless they're selling and they're moving out of state. Right. It's really a shame because a lot of us, you know, we have like different groups with agents and we talk and when somebody comes to us and says, we want to sell our house, we're moving to North Carolina. We're like, God, because <laughs> you don't God. have to find them another place to live. No. Right. Or if they say to me, it's okay. We can sell. If I don't find something, I can stay with my in-laws or my in-laws have a house in Florida. So they're going to be there. We're gonna... Yeah. That's a perfect situation. Right. The hard situation is when they want to buy a home. Another yes. one. Right. Yes. It's, right. it's, and even for myself, I'm like, Oh my God, like, am I going to put a trailer in my driveway for these people? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like what, you know, what am I going to do? It's stressful. They look to you for the answer. Of right. course. Right. Of course. They not only want you to sell their home, but they want you to find the, their next home. Yes. And then is that considered two transactions? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So two like, right. So like selling and then rebuying it's that's counts two. as two. Yep. Yeah. So it's, it's been a, it's a been naive, non-real estate <laughs> person question. <laughs> I know. 
And, you know, my, my favorite thing that people have been saying to us is, you know, oh, I mean, this is great. You're making so much money. Look at, yes. When you're a seller's agent, it's like, you know, is it easy? No, because like I just showed you, I have 500 messages. Why? Because agents are anxious. Is this home, is this home available? Well, I hit the, the submit button five minutes ago, right? Yes, it's available. Everybody wants to talk to you. Everybody wants to be your friend. So as a a listing agent, yes, it's, it's chaotic for a week. then you're in contract, right? As a buyer's agent, what I say now is a lot of times you feel like the hamster on the wheel, right? Like you're running. You're running, you're moving, you're taking your client to five houses. You're the one making the calls and and harassing the other people. Right. 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 (laughs) But not only that, I go to a house, I make an offer. There's 40 other agents. Right. Guess what? Only one person can win. Right. That means those 39 agents are probably going to go all to the same house around the block. Right. Even if you don't pick up another agent along the line and there's still only 39 of them. Well, guess what? Only one can win that house. Right. So those 38, 37, 36, think about how many houses. Yeah. And then what happens is people get frustrated and they say, you know what? Maybe this isn't the time. Maybe I should just rent. Maybe I need to save money. But, oh, the buyer. you mean? Right. So we could run in place and get nowhere. Right. And this isn't a business where I take you to a house, you're getting a bill from me. Yeah. This is a business where you, you get paid if they buy a house. Once we sit at the closing table. Right. So you spend days and days and days and weeks and weeks and weeks yes. working. And you could get nothing. And you can get nothing out of it. Right. right. So but you get experience, you get relationships, you get growth. Yes. Yes. And and it's the nature of the beast. Right. If you want a paycheck, a steady paycheck every week, this is not the business for you. Right. So like when COVID happened and we were on lockdown. I was, I always thought about the agents who solely support their family on this. Right. It's not an easy, until you get to the point where you have a, a big enough business, not even a team, because I don't have the team anymore, but I have enough business where I know I'm getting a, a, a steady paycheck. It's right. always going to be different. Right. Depending on the price of the house. But I, you know, the money's coming in right, right, right. to start this business and have no income or nothing. You know, you can get your license today and not get paid for six months. Right. I think that's the same though. That could be said for any type of business um, where a commission-based business or a business where you're working for yourself or, you know, like you're not going and punching a clock from nine to five. I think, you know, and a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this podcast and a lot of people that listen to this podcast are just starting new businesses. So maybe what, maybe offer a little bit of advice as to like what that looked like for you at the beginning. And I mean, everybody's story is different, but maybe just talk about that a little bit. So, and for me, it, it is very different because I have a husband who has a very, you know, a good career. He could support, if I decided today, Yeah. obviously our lifestyle has changed a little bit, but if I decided today, I don't want to do this anymore, not going to lose my house, not right. going to lose my car. But you always had that burning desire. Always. Right. You weren't one of those people who like just took advantage of that. Like you always had 
a burning desire to do more to help him. Well, you know me and I, I, that's actually, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something a hundred percent, but I was never the, I need to be a successful woman. No, it was never like, like I've spoken about. Being a kid, uh, you know, growing up in the 70s, 80s, you know, 90s, it wasn't on my radar to be a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher. I want to be a mom. Michelle was married at like 18 years old, guys. We were literally not legal to drink, but we were at her wedding. And it's, it's true. We weren't even allowed legally to drink, but she was getting married to her high school sweetheart, who uh, I went to high school with both of them. And 25 years later, they have four children. And I always look at them and say, wow, <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> you know, um, but I think it's, it, but there's something to be said. And I'm just going to circle back to, oh, again. I think there's something to be said for putting in the work, knowing that you're not always going to get a paycheck. There take, it takes a certain amount of grit. It takes a certain amount of responsibility. It takes a certain amount of um, uh, security within yourself and what you're doing. So just if maybe you could just talk a little bit to that. So the the thing about me is that I'm never chasing the dollar. I put the effort in. Obviously, this isn't a hobby. I want to get paid. Right. But I do genuinely care more about the human than I do about how much money I'm getting from them. And I believe wholeheartedly That is why I am where I am today. When I started, I was with another company. I'm with Douglas Elliman now. I was with a small mom and pop shop. And the owner of the company, she would, um, you know, she was starting another company. And she wanted me to come with her. And I was honored that she thought I was good enough after only knowing me for a couple months that she wanted to take me with this new company. And she would say to me, well, Michelle, you know, I mean, real estate, don't you want something where you're going to get residual income? Real estate is not residual income. And now being eight years in, I completely disagree with that. Because this past year, 90, if not more, percent of my business came from past clients. Right. So residual income, meaning money's not being dropped in my account because, you know, I, I am the business owner who has 20 people underneath me. And when they make money, I make money. It's, it's a different residual, but without those referrals, my business wouldn't be where I am. Right. So going back to, you know, when you care about people and if somebody said to me, it's not the right time. Or I would even say to someone, this might not be the right time for you where other people they're going to push and push and push and maybe make somebody or help somebody make an uncomfortable or bad decision. Human nature is if you like me, you may tell a person or two, right? If you don't like me, you want to protect everybody, you know, and make sure they stay away from me. Right. So, you know, by, by building relationships, building relationships. And I say that all the time about how I got to where I am. 
it is important for me to build relationships with my clients. Right. It is just as important that I build relationships with other agents, especially in this environment. Because when I'm going up against 40 other people, and let's say 10 of us are exactly the same, I want that agent to say, this is Michelle Keegan. I know how she works. I want to work with her. Yeah. I trust and, her. My off- and that it happened to me multiple times where agents would say, we chose your clients because of you. Right. They don't know my client. They don't know anything about right. what they know is if, if they make a phone call, I'm going to answer. Right. If they, you know, have a question about something, if I don't know the answer, I'm not going to make it up. I'm going to get you the, the answer and we're going to move forward and get to where we need to be. Right. So, you know, this business, um, there's a lot of money to be made. Sure. But if you're constantly chasing that paycheck and not caring about what's going on with the person as a whole, right? you're going to work so much harder than I am because you have to constantly keep looking for new business. Right. I don't. I get phone calls all the time. I got your number from Jen. I got, you just sold my, my friend's house. I just got from a relocation company. I didn't even realize I was part of this relocation. So let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question because I I wholeheartedly agree with everything that you're saying. And I I know it applies in my business and a lot of the things that I do in both of my businesses. Uh, But when, if someone's listening right now and says, okay, great. Like you built this great reputation for yourself and now people trust you and you get like all these referrals. But if I'm just starting out, what some of the things that I should do, you have to go to your sphere of influence. Your, your people, and even in your business, right? You know, even when I was with, you know, the, the other, you know, marketing company network. Yes. You have to go, you need your people. And that's how I started. And you need to be a student. You right. Yeah. You need to not be a know-it-all. You need to take it all in and you need, if you need to also not get frustrated. Even when I was with the, the multi, uh, the, um, networks and company, you know, you also need to not be disappointed because we have this expectation of we're starting this business and everybody's going to buy from us. Everybody's going to do. And then when they don't, you start to get angry because you feel like if it were you, I would do it for you. Right. So when you start this business, you need to be a sponge. You need to not have an ego. Mm. What now, again, I did not have to do this, but I know people, my ex-partner, when he got in the business, he went to every top agent and he said to them, let me do an open house for you. Mm. And he would do six open houses a weekend. Now it's a joke. We can't even really, I mean, I I don't even do them anymore because of, you know, the environment that we're in, but that's how he built a business. He would sit in an open house and he would pick up clients and he would pick up clients. Again, we're two different people, two different worlds. Right. And I didn't have to do that. And what I think uh, uh, another lesson that a lot of people can learn in this conversation is that it's not going to always look the same for every person. So there's no, there never is a cookie cutter answer for success. Right. Mm -hmm. And when everybody always asks like, how do I, how do I, how do I, and it's going to look different for everybody. But I think the, the one thing that will remain the same and what you spoke to is one, find your sphere of influence. I think that's a really, really good 
point to bring up. And two, you have to be a sponge. You have to be a, a student. You have to learn. You have to understand that nothing's going to come quick. And there are people that are overnight successes. And there are people that are going to find success quicker than you. And it's not because they did things better than you. Uh, it's because their environment just happened to be that's what it was. You know, and I, and I think that's that's a, a really good lesson to learn. And don't so, compare yourself. To oh, God. Seriously. As soon as you do that, you instantly set yourself up for failure. Right. Because like you said, we're all different. You know, you have, a, I don't want to say a man because I'm sounding sexist, but let's say you have a woman who this is all she does. Yeah. This is her career. She sits at the computer. She, you know, prospects and this and door knocks and goes home and she can work some more. That what that doesn't happen for me. Yeah. I go home. I cook dinner. We run here, we run there where, you know, so I, I kind of joke around like, you know, in the game of bowling or the sport, I guess it is, you know, when somebody, when somebody Says is, you. <laughs> you keep that to yourself. Um, when somebody, you know, has a, like a, a disadvantage, they get a handicap. Right. So I always joke, like if each one of my children were a handicap, I would not be number two. I would be number one by light years. Right, 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 right. But that's not, you know, so to compare my life, unless I love have, that analogy. That's actually a really good analogy. That's cool. I mean, I say that and I always, I always joke around that, you know, with people like I, even after this year, I say my, my biggest success is not the award. My biggest success is my husband didn't divorce me mm-hmm. and my kids still love me. They were fed and Will I say that my house is perfect? No, because I can't put that pressure on myself. Right. That's why I have a cleaning lady now. Yeah. Because I just. I love my cleaning lady. I love her too. (laughs) I just, you know, I, you get to the point where you realize like your strengths and your weaknesses and. Right. Cleaning my house after a a 12 hour day. It's not your strength. It's no. It's not your superpower. It just doesn't have, it just, there's not enough hours in the day. And that's also the problem with. We, we have really screwed ourselves with technology yeah. because there is no shut off. Right. So we lose the balance. As both of our phones are blaring yeah. during this conversation. Yeah. And when, when as soon as we're done, the first thing that each of us will do, we'll pick up our phone. <laughs> and, is anything important? Is anything, <laughs> no, and likely no. all of it can wait. But it's hard to balance right. because, and, and, and this is a problem setting boundaries. Right. When back in the day, there was a time when you went to the office nine to five or whatever it was, you scheduled appointments and that was it. Yeah. People couldn't text you at 12 o'clock. Right. They couldn't text you at 6 a.m. No, because you couldn't answer. You weren't allowed. You couldn't answer. Yeah. Now the problem is, is that instant gratification, instant gratification. And if we don't, it's my fault. I didn't set the boundary. Right. You text me at 6 a.m. and I answer you. I gave you permission Correct. to text me at 6 a.m. Right. So the next time I text you at 6 a.m. and you don't get back to me, I'm going to get pissed. Exactly. Right. You have to learn. Bullshit, and that yeah. was hard. <laughs> that was hard. That is hard for me because I don't like people. I don't like to think like, oh, like these people are stressing out about this. Right. But the truth is, is nothing's changing from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Right. When offices are closed, they actually do close. Right. And yeah, you're getting a phone. Now I'm getting a phone. <laughs> so in closing, I just want you to talk a little bit about the current climate as we speak in this in this seat right now, today in real estate. And if you had one piece of advice for anyone looking to buy, sell, what would it be? Okay. For a buyer, 
be prepared. And when I <laughs> be mentally prepared, but really be prepared. First of all, get yourself an agent. Do not call listing agents. You need somebody who is going to work for you. People have this notion, if I go to the listing agent, the listing agent wants to make more money, so they're going to take my offer. Well, guess what? If 10 people are doing that, you're up against 10 people who call the listing agent. And the listing agent, if they have any kind of respect for their own business, they're going to say, I am not going to destroy my, my reputation over this. So find yourself an agent who's going to work for you. Strap on your seatbelt because it's going to be the ride of a lifetime, <laughs> but get your, have your ducks in a row. When I present an offer, my, my clients have their pre-approval. We know what their down payment is. We have an inspector ready. We know who their attorney is. Nobody's going to have to come to me and say, well, you know, um, when can they do an inspection? How you need to be prepared. So you is the, is a, is a, a, a buying agent the last step? No, get an agent right away. And then you help them with all of that? Yes. Okay. Yes. People call me all the time. The biggest missing piece of your puzzle before you get started from the first conversation that you have an agent is getting yourself pre-approved. Right. I don't care what you think you're approved for. Right. It could go both ways. Right. You could be selling yourself short and you could actually afford a little bit more than you realize. Than you realize. Yeah. So it's Especially not for now. me. Right. Right. And the interest rates. It's not for me. It's for you. Like right. that is the most important piece. Mortgage people. We are not all created equal. Not real estate agents, not mortgage people, not attorneys. It does not cost you anything to make a phone call. Right. And the, the biggest frustration I have is that when you hire a professional, listen to the professional. Right. When you go to the doctor, you don't say to the doctor, I have blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You I don't believe you that you're telling me that I have blah, blah, blah. <laughs> exactly. Right, 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 you right. give your symptoms and the doctor says, you have strep throat. So when an agent tells you, you should be doing this, this, and this, or call this uh, mortgage person. This company from professional experience is not easy to work with. Trust the professional. Yeah. Don't be a know-it-all. Right. Because as soon as you start doing that, you're going to be the person well, and who makes people, 20 offers. And I also think that people, it's such a personal yes. experience. It's not like they're buying, you know, a, a t-shirt. You know, there it's a very, but it's also a very important business transaction, right? So you have the mix of the personal, my God, this is my dream home. I want to have a chance at, right. but it's also a, a, a business transaction. Yeah. A massive one. Massive. Yeah. <laughs> and even as a seller, you have to take that emotion out of it. Oh, yeah. I want somebody who has, you know, you know. all these kids at the end of the day. Who cares who they are? <laughs> who cares what they're going to do? They have the funds to do it. Sign the documents and get your money. Yeah. It's your probably one of your biggest investments. And if you make the right real estate investments, it is, I mean, I have seen people make, I mean, just change their lives right. from, from making the right investment. Right. But listen 
to the professionals. You hear that people listen to the professionals. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably my most important, um, you know, piece, piece of that I can give you. Yeah. All right, good. All right. Well, this was, I, I literally could keep talking for hours and hours and we can go into so many topics outside of real estate that would probably be fun for another conversation. <laughs> we might need to do this again. We, we might need to do it again. We, and this will force us to get together again too. Yes. But this was an awesome conversation. I actually learned a lot myself. So I'm really excited for all of you guys to you listen in. No, no, no. I Are love sure? my house. Yeah, I'm positive. I'm positive. Okay. I love my house. Right. We just put freaking $50,000 into our house. What if I can get you a million? <laughs> Every, everything's for sale. Everything is for sale. I am not listening to this house. A million dollars. She'll be out. Watch. <laughs> well, maybe a million dollars. Maybe, see? Yeah, Everything maybe a million sale. dollars. Yeah, maybe, maybe. All right, cool. All right, we'll talk about it when we stop. Yeah. So anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening today. Uh, tune in next week for another episode of the Female Social Podcast where we bring you real and raw conversations from women all over. And uh, see you next week. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Female Social Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode. For all things The Female Social, be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Female Social Podcast. If you loved this episode, be sure to share it with a friend. We love connecting with more babes. See you next week.